Ho, ho, ho. Merry happy. Oh, fuck. My mic fell over. Hold on. Oh, 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 the shit. I'm sure that that in. Out. <laughs> no, that's staying right there. Hello, I'm your host, Diego Crespo. Merry Christmas with my co-host, Macaringo. Yep. Hey, you type in, you go to Wikipedia, you go to type in Violent Night, the first two things you get are violent non-state actor, <laughs> violent non-state actors at sea. Well... Which is the, those are terrorist terms. <laughs> okay. So. Is Santa Claus a terrorist? Yes. Really? You think so? Giving coal to children. I don't fucking know. <laughs> oh, yeah. If, if you're giving coal to children. That's just mean. It's you don't just, have to be a terrorist. You're just mean. He's just a, a jerk. He's <laughs> a little Old Testament, you know? Yeah. Hey, we're here to talk about Violent Night because we're here to talk about Christmas movies. Yeah, we, we, we were like, hey, we should talk about this Santa movie, because we do Santa movies, for whatever reason. Because they're awesome? Well, one was fun. <laughs> we had fun watching one. Oh, like, yeah. Four years ago. <laughs> what the fuck? When did the Christmas Chronicles come out? That was like 2019. Good lord. And then last year was Christmas Chronicles 2, which was bad. Which was just terrible. Yeah, that was a real bummer. That one was just like, I guess we have to talk about this. Yeah. Well, it was just like, because the first Christmas Chronicles was just such a fucking like wacky adventure. Like if I was a little kid, that would have been like my favorite Christmas movie. Yeah. Uh, versus like Christmas Chronicles 2, which is like, actually, we need to talk about like the, the Christmas power comes from the Star of David. And I'm like, oh, we're going here because God bless him. But Kurt Russell, you know, is, is a he's, he's, he's a religious man. And uh, I'm, I'm sure there was some conversations about wanting the spirit of Christmas to be tied into the spirit of Jesus and the Bible and shit. Or it could have developed organically. I don't fucking know. Or I don't know. I'm not, I'm not shit on Kurt Russell. I love uh, Kurt Russell. The, the problem just... is it was directed by Chris Columbus. I mean, that unfortunately, I hate to agree with you, but I think that was the, the major problem, yeah. Yeah. Who, like... Who like in a real coward move? He produced the first one, and then when that ended up being a surprise hit, he fucking muscled his way into being the director of the sequel. Which is like, is there anything more cowardly than that? And then he strangled this franchise in his crib. Oh, well, there might be something more cowardly than that, which What's we'll talk the... about. We'll talk about later. But right. uh, we're gonna talk about some stuff I like first. Like, We're going to talk about a bunch of shit today, just because why not? <laughs> yeah, but uh, Violent Night, if, for those who don't know, it's Die Hard with Santa Claus, which, which is like maybe either the best or worst premise I've ever heard in my entire life. Which should have been the title, because honestly, Violent Night, I, like, not a great title. No, honestly. it's not. Like, I get what they're trying to do, but it's like, I always have to double check and be like, wait, is that's the title, right? Yeah. But, like, what did I say? When you said we have to talk about it, because I, I think this one was your suggestion, and I, I what you suggested this like months ago, like whenever the first trailer dropped or something, you were like, "Hey, we gotta do something for Christmas. Let's do this Violent Night." 
and God, like, these last couple months, I just have to say, I've been such a fucking fever dream. I've yeah. been like, I, I'm like so, I, I'm not exhausted anymore, but I felt like a shell of a person a couple days ago, and now I'm yeah. finally excited about life again. And then <laughs> well, I don't even remember out, that. It came out, and I was like, I guess I have to see it. And then I messaged you, and I'm like, are we still doing this? And then you're like, oh yeah, go see, and then you called it something else. Um like, like, you call silent. it Deadly Night, <laughs> which is you know Silent Night, Deadly Night. Yeah, yeah that's why Garbage and, Day. And then I was like, wait, is that the title? And I had to look it up again. And I was like, oh no, it's Violent Night. <laughs> and it was like, okay, um, I like, yeah, I get it. Violent kind of sounds like Silent, like, <laughs> but I guess they could, like, they really should have just gone like Silent Night violent night right like that should have been would the that have stepped on the toes of um the silent night deadly yeah, night though. that's the thing i guess like that's like a copyright thing like you can't do it but i don't know why who's gonna fight you like you'd be surprised because okay let, let's before we talk about violent night directed by tommy ricola starring david arbor john leguizamo <laughs> uh let, let's talk about some other non-orthodox santa adjacent violent christmas movies yes there's a few of them all right so the big one we just talked about was silent night deadly night uh, and the, had, like four sequels and yeah i have not seen all the sequels um They're, the first like three i think are all kind of interesting like, uh, i like them <laughs> yeah. i like the first two Oh, and four is uh, directed by brian usna so oh well now i have to watch it i did not know that i have to watch that I, so, I really liked Brian Usna. I've never seen. Let's see, five. Five was written by Brian Usna, but I don't think I've actually seen that one. Um, oh, written or directed? Because now, written. now that okay. was just written. All right. And it so. looks like a few years ago they did a reboot. And they just called it Silent Night. So I don't fucking know, man. Yeah, you know what? I fucking remember trailers for that. I don't honestly. I do, because Malcolm McDowell was popping up and stuff a lot then, especially horror stuff. I mean, we talked about the, the uh, Rob Zombie Halloweens and everything yep. like that, but Malcolm McDowell was kind of, like, just fucking cashing in on his, like, genre cred from Clockwork Orange and everything, and he's, like, a great actor. Yeah. But he's also notorious for, like, when he did the Star Trek movie afterwards, um, he was, like, telling other people he knew, like, why the fuck are you doing those shitty Star Trek movies and shows? <laughs> like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You know? <laughs> I clicked on uh, Silent Night and I got the press because it looks like Ellen Wong was in it. Mm. Two years previously was Knives Chow and Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Oh, okay. And, uh, yeah, she she should have a bigger career in my opinion. Uh, yes, yeah, she should. I guess she, she was in Glow. Yeah. Which got canceled. She, she she is working. Like she it looks like she's at least working, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, not to get completely off track already, but like I've for people that know or follow my Twitter, I've been watching the the Chucky show, which if you like the Chucky franchise, you're gonna fucking love the show. So I love the show, and uh, I've been listening to a lot of the Dead Meat like after shows, like because they interview like cast and crew members, like puppeteers, the actors, uh, Don Mancini, and. Um, uh, Christy Elise, the the woman who plays Kyle from Child's Play Two, and uh, she pops up in the franchise too. And she was talking about how like, you know, she's not a star, um, but she's working regularly. But also, 
you know, she would like to be working more, frankly. <laughs> and, like, that, that is, like, an avenue a lot of actors find themselves in, you know. Not everyone gets to blow up to Chris Evans' popularity or whatever, and that's totally fine. Um, David Arbor was kind of one of those guys for a while. He was. You know, he and he, he's like always a... been a quality actor, but yeah. he, he just kind of popped up and stuff. He wasn't, like, a star. And I, I think maybe he might be a star now a little bit. Yeah. Not, not a megastar, but people not like a megastar, him. But this movie did kind of, like, wildly overperform what they thought it would do. Yeah, I think everyone expected it to be kind of a bomb. Mm-hmm. Um... And then the the buzz around the because uh, I, I saw this through not fantastic beyond fest, mm-hmm. um, and I, I the the festival buzz like was was big around it, and everyone's like okay well we'll see how it does like we'll see like the whether or not yeah. it's the real deal, uh, and we'll talk about that but it's more 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 Christmas violent stuff like that so I also asked um, you to watch uh, Christmas Bloody Christmas did you end up doing that. I did not. Okay, that's that's totally fine because it's fucking awful. All right. Um, uh, I would have apologized to you right now. <laughs> it's so bad. Have you seen any other Joe Bagos movies? No, I have not. I don't think. Okay, he did a VFW Bliss. Um, I think something called Deathgasm. I haven't seen Deathgasm. I just saw those two. I just referenced. Uh, people seem to like him. He's kind of like a modern exploitation guy. I, I think I saw Bliss, and I remember liking it. Okay. But um, uh, that's, uh, I think, all I've seen of his. Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> sorry. I, I know he's got a fan base. Um, mm-hmm. I don't I don't know his quality as a person, but yeah. I do know his quality as a filmmaker, and it's it, it not for me. I'll say, here's the thing. I saw Bliss, and it wasn't enough to get me to check out the rest of his work. Like, okay. So, and also, like, I'm struggling to remember, like, what I liked about it. It's, so. He wanted to do uh, Abel Ferrara's The Addiction on 16 yeah. millimeter, And I cannot blame anyone for wanting to do that, frankly. I'm and not... I, you know what? I probably just responded to, like, hey, 16 millimeter. <laughs> like, I mean, that's the thing. So, I'll talk about Christmas, Bloody Christmas, before we get into the other movie today. Um... So the, the Bagos came up with the idea because he was pitching on a remake of Silent Night, Deadly Night. Mm-hmm. The producers were trying to get um, some another version of it off the ground recently, and I, I don't think they've had any luck. Um, and he came up with the concept of like a Terminator esque android dressed up as Santa that would have like uh, used military technology to design its like intelligence, right? Like natural, so like just doing a non comedic version of the fucking Santa from Futurama. Yeah. All right. Um, I mean, and I the, guess. <laughs> and, and the producers were like, well, that's too far from the original film. And I think I would agree with him in saying that, like, well, I, I Christmas violent horror, like, it's kind of, that's yeah, kind of the thing for Silent Night, Deadly Night. That's it. It's just the title. <laughs> like, yeah, like, it's not, it's, it's, there's, there's no, nothing... like mythology to it. Yeah, know? there's nothing more there. And I, so I totally agree with him being like, well, I don't think you need more than just the title. Just fucking do whatever <laughs> with a violent Christmas setting. And so he developed it uh, during when COVID-19 started. He was like, well, I'm just going to make it my own thing because I like this idea. So I admire that. Uh, it shot Shutter on... put it out. Shutter put it out. Yeah. Um, I should support because like Shutter's kind of like struggling right now. Yeah. Yeah. All streaming services are also struggling and no one's really talking about that. But that's a whole other conversation. Go support Shutter. It's a great streaming Shutter, service. Shutter straight up, like I said, I just want to, just so we can get this out of the way, Shutter 
only streaming service that, like, I definitely get my money's worth out of. And also, like, if they were like, hey, to stay afloat, we need to raise the price a little bit. It's the only streaming services where I wouldn't drop it if they raise the price. Yeah. Like, it is it is worth it. It is, right now, it's like, I, I feel like I'm honestly ripping them off for the <laughs> amount of good stuff I get through them for the va- for the price it is. Mm-hmm. Not to give these fucking people other, you know, like, more, it, like, advice to rip off the public, but... I, I, it is the best, I, I honestly might be the best streaming service out there. Um, I, I can't think of a better one. I used to say HBO Max, but they're starting to take off stuff that mm-hmm. I like, not just stuff I like, but like stuff in, in general, Max, which is like, just like fucking crazy. It's got such bullshit shoved in your face that I hate. And every now and then it still doesn't work very well. That's so wild because I've yeah. never really, I, I think only one time I had a problem watching anything on there mm. there's like criterion channel which like you know they're it's criterion you know what oh, I like yeah, about criterion yeah. channel is that like i don't have to log in just to search what they have sometimes mm-hmm. it's like every other streaming service where i'm just trying to check like do you have this movie i have to sign in every fucking time yeah uh yeah uh so like it's like shutter and criterion if you want to if you want to watch actually good stuff those are the only two you really need you can dump every other streaming service yeah basically if you listen to this podcast those are kind of your go-to's yeah <laughs> like that that that's kind of the the genre of stuff we talk about that's the umbrella right there yeah um all right so but uh christmas bloody christmas is shot on 16 millimeter there's a lot of like cool green and reds and purple neon stuff right because it's christmas and it's a very colorful setting like intrinsically uh, anamorphic 16 millimeter, which is a very rare look. Oh, so, oh. yeah, so it's like a very distinct look, and like that's the type of shit that like I would love to use at some point. Um, it's it, like I, I don't want to rag on it because it's just like a low budget movie, and I'm glad stuff like this is getting made. But like it's so fucking like obnoxious. Every mm-hmm. character's like, like you know how we used to like kind of drag Rob Zombie's Halloween movies. For mm-hmm. like, the, like the worst parts of it are when the characters are like, oh, fucking, what the fuck, fucking, fuck, oh, fucking, fuck, fuck shit, fuck, yeah. fucking dumb pussy, fucking head face, fucker. <laughs> yeah, like the first hour of this movie is like that, and it's just, yeah. I, I saw people describe it as like a hangout movie, and I was like, why I do, never want to hang out with people like this ever. <laughs> why do people write movies like that? It's probably for budget things, too, so that's, that's another thing I'm trying to like... I'm trying to angle my criticisms properly because I think I just don't like this filmmaker, which is fine. Again, I'm glad someone out there is making stuff like this. Yeah. I would like for it to be more for me <laughs> next time. Um, but there is also like the budgetary thing. So I, I'm going to give some credit to there's some some kill <laughs> wait, wait, and action sequences. Wait a minute, though. Mm-hmm. What does budget have to do with bad dialogue? <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, not, not bad dialogue. You're right. That could be done better. That could be done completely better. A lot of stuff could be done completely better. But I'm, I I refer to budget by just like, okay, we're going to save up all like the action, like horror stuff for like the back half of the movie. So the yeah. first half, we just get to know the characters. That yeah. in itself is not a bad idea. I think why so many movies do that now is specifically because it's cheaper to do that and like isolate your, your shooting days for like action sequences or like uh, set pieces. Yeah, yeah. Like to specific parts of the shoot and then the rest of the time you just kind of like hang out with your buddies and get the dialogue stuff off it's more complicated than that but that is kind of an understandable approach for 
modern movie making. I'm not criticizing that aspect. I think this film just does a really bad job of it. But I do think some of the action stuff is filmed really well. Uh, some of like, because it, it, I just described it as a Terminator-esque android. That's exactly what he's trying to do. He just loves Terminator. I get it. I mean, um, yeah, go ahead. Whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but it's, it's just kind of empty and like, I, I could just watch Terminator. <laughs> yeah. Like, sorry, I, I, I could watch Terminator and I could watch other better Christmas movies. Terminator is one of the most ripped off movies of all time, though, right? Yeah. Like, like you could watch better Terminator ripoffs and yeah, what are the good Terminator ripoffs? Lady Terminator. Lady <laughs> Terminator. Yeah, but that's like insane. Yeah, yeah, no, no. If you haven't seen Lady Terminator, watch watch Lady Terminator. <laughs> yeah, that's that is one of those like just watch it. You will fucking be like, I didn't know they made movies like this, and it's like, well, they don't. But <laughs> here's a movie anyway. Oh, um, I, I don't know if this one completely counts, but, like, honestly, like, at least five Albert Pune movies, like, yeah. Nemesis, Cyborg. Well, that's the thing is, like, some guys were, like, really good at being, like, they clearly pitched it as a Terminator ripoff, and then were able to kind of take it in their own direction, you know? Yeah, and, like... like enough beats. Yeah, uh, and the, you know, the late Albert Pune uh, passed away very recently and gotten a lot of love. Um, uh, uh, you know, with acknowledgement that not everything he did was, like, even, like, fun in a B-movie way. Sometimes it just didn't work. But, like, a dude who just had such passion for filmmaking and more than just, like, he loved other movies. Like, he loved making his own. And that's, but he was also that very really smart across. about how he stretched his budget. Like, his movies are worth watching just to be, like, he had no money to make this. And it's, like, sometimes it shows, and sometimes it doesn't all the time, you know? Like, yeah, like, fucking Nemesis looks incredible. Like, yeah, just get past the lead is, performance. Yeah, it's, it's one of those where it's, like, well, we know where the funding didn't go come through. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Get past the lead performance. There's some fucking action in that movie where you're, like, wait, what? <laughs> like, how did you do that? There's um, some weird... It's just, like... Like, yeah, like, Terminator's, like, ripped off the... The Hidden is kind of a Terminator ripoff. You ever see The Hidden? I have not seen The Hidden. You should no. watch The Hidden. The Hidden is wild. Um, but, like, that's kind of like they're doing a bit of a Terminator thing in that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, oh, oh, the, the, I have to say this one. Um, hardware. Oh, yes. Yes, by that lunatic. Y- yeah. I, I completely forgot. But, yeah, yeah hardware, it's... if you could track it down for free, ideally... Uh, don't give money to that asshole. Um, it's totally worth a watch. It, it is. It's, it is worth it. Um, yeah, there's like fun stuff. It's just like, but it's weird. Like Terminator super ripped off Alien and Aliens are both kind of ripped off. Yeah. Like Neil Marshall's entire career is just like ripping off Aliens. And it's I love it. I'm just saying <laughs> it is that. Yeah. I, I think it's one of those things where like you're only allowed, you should only be able to do one rip off of those films like once in your career. I would agree with that. I think he. I haven't seen his more recent stuff, so I can't speak to that. But I do like Neil Marshall. Were really disappointed with his most recent movie. Like that one seemed to get ripped apart. Oh yeah, the layer, right? That's yeah. The one. Yeah. Where it's like everyone's like he's trying to go back to his roots, and it just didn't work, which is a real shame. Yeah. Uh, but hey. he should do a Christmas horror movie. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do anything, <laughs> but um. All right, what other Santa movies are there? No, let me see. I, I... Santa Slay. Did you ever see Santa Slay? No. Uh, Should I? It's directed by Brett Ratner's assistant. 
that could go many different ways. Yeah, you know what? Um, I remember not liking it. And it's like a movie where it's like, turns out Santa is actually a demon. Like, and he's like, he's, he, 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 he gives toys against his will, but he's actually an evil demon. And like, he's, but he's able to like get revenge on people. Mm. The only insane thing about it is that somehow fucking James Conn's in it. <laughs> Whoa. There's an opening where it's like James Conn with like his family and his family is like. Fran Drescher and Chris Kattan. Like, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, these are people we were annoyed with in the year 2005. And Santa shows up in the opening and, like, kills all of them. Like, that's all that's really there. And, yeah, it's, it's one of those movies of just people getting killed a lot. And I remember it not being good. But it was one of those where people would be like, man, you gotta see, it's so fucked up, it's Santa killing people. It was on Blockbuster shelves a lot back in the day. You know, like those, like, where did this come from movie? Yeah. Like, direct-to-DVD era, and, um, yeah. But I know it's one people bring up. I think some people like it. So, I'm gonna check what Letterboxd has to say about Santa's sleigh. Uh, this one hasn't come out yet, but I believe Dwayne Johnson and Chris Evans are working on a christmas action movie called no Red way One. that won't work um wow. <laughs> <laughs> let me see who's directing it it's probably the guy who did uh what's red notice right oh yeah let me see red one no it's directed by jake kasdan i actually like this filmmaker okay yeah jake kasdan's fine yeah um all right so the top three reviews for santa slay on letterboxd are a three star a four and a half star and a one and a half star. Oh, okay. So it's a banger. <laughs> yeah. So it's one of those. <laughs> it's one of those. Um, did you ever see Rare Exports? I did. I love Rare Exports. Rare Exports is a lot of fun. Yeah. Where, again, it's like Santa's a demon, basically. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's fucking ridiculous. But yeah. <laughs> I kind of love it. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, did that person ever go on to direct anything else? Let's see. Doesn't look like it. Like survey I mean, yeah, says nothing I've heard of. Nothing I've heard of. Yeah. So, because that was something I did not go know going into Violent Night is that this was the director of fucking Dead Snow. Yeah. And uh, Hansel and Gretel. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. We'll talk about those in just one second. I have to say I have seen one other movie the Rare Exports guys made. His name is uh, Jalmari Halander. I'm probably mm-hmm. butchering that because it's Finnish and I am not. Um, he directed a movie called Big Game. Any good? Oh my god, you haven't heard of Big Game? No, no, I have not. Oh my god, okay, it's not like a home run, but I think it's tons of fun. It stars Samuel L. Jackson as William Allen Moore, President of the United States, who is shot down in Air Force One. So he's Obama. He's Obama. He's shot down in the wilderness of Finland. And then he has to team up with a 13-year-old boy learning to it's hunt. It's the kid from Rare Exports. I'm looking yeah. at him now. Uh, I think you'll like it. Here's I think it's kind of underrated. Top letterbox reviews. Three and a half star. One half star. One star. We got some so, cowards. Yeah. And then only one person they know has seen it, and they gave it two and a half. So. Mm-hmm. But, well, I think it's underrated. Well, um, 
what are you gonna do? Yeah, that is that is not a Christmas movie. Um, if we're talking like other like action Santa movies or horror Santa movies, uh, mm. I don't I don't think there's that many. It's a pretty niche genre. Yeah, I mean, I, there's people will like do shit because it's like Santa killing people. Like everyone who does that thinks they're the first person to like do it. So yeah. Yeah. It's like they want to be fucked up. Santa was fucked up. And it's like I guess. Yeah. Um. Hey, did you see Dead Snow? I did see Dead Snow. I like Dead Snow. I don't know how it's aged. I I remember liking Dead Snow. I kind of prefer the sequel. Um. Oh yeah, the sequel's fun too. Yeah, just because yeah. that one goes like he has a budget to like get really wild with the the. But action. Dead Snow has that charm of like, they're they don't have the budget like. No, and no, they, it does, yeah. They kind of get to have some fun with it. Um, Dead Snow, for people who don't know, it's about uh, zombie Nazis, right? Like, yeah, Nazi zombies. It's, it yeah, yeah. came out, like, roughly the same time as when the Nazi zombie craze started in Call of Duty. Yeah. It was filmed before that. I don't know if you remember, it was one of those movies where, like, the trailer went viral. Yeah. Like, people were like... Someone fucking did it. Like, yeah. I think it was, we're deep down. We all wanted the Nazi zombie movie. And yeah. some people was like, well, someone finally did it. And so, yeah. And it's, I thought, I think it's fun. I do too. And I, I really like the sequel. It's a good double feature. Um, I'd kind of, if he ever needs like help getting another movie off the ground, just do Dead Snow 3. I'm sure he'll come up with something and people will be like, okay, yeah, more money for you. Um, you know, yeah. do that thing where you got to make a movie to make a movie. Yeah. Now, are we defenders of Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters? Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, that's a fun movie. It I is. I've seen some people a... defend some shit, and there are not nearly enough defenders of Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters. Yeah. If yeah, the type of movies I've seen you fuckers defend on Letterbox. Come on now. In fact, I'm looking at some of you right now, and I know the movies you're defending. You're, you're giving Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunter two stars. Come on now. I, I know the movies you like. Yeah. What? what like, what? you know, I kind of am annoyed by Rick and Morty, but there's that one great line where he's like, your booze mean nothing. I've seen what makes you cheer. That's kind of <laughs> how I feel a lot lately. Yeah. That's, hey. Yeah, you're right, actually. Um, then you made a movie called The Trip, which I have not seen. I've not seen The Trip. I have not seen What Happened to Monday. Um, but... They're both on Netflix, I believe, so I should watch them. Or at least what happened to Monday is. Mm-hmm. And it stars uh, Numi Rapace from Prometheus. She's in uh, both of those movies. Oh, good for her. She's she's a good actress. She kind of got fucked over here. Yeah, um, I think it was because she picked Prometheus. No, that's not why. Yes, and uh, the, the second Sherlock Holmes movie. And oh, that's right. right. Oh my god, I forgot. So like, there's like three strikeouts. And, um, yeah. And then we also, we tried to remake those Girl with the Dragon Tattoo movies, so, like, we kind of buried the originals at a certain point. And, uh, also the budget, like, drops off huge for the original movies. Like, they're not, those last two look like there's no money in them. Mm. Um, I don't really remember the other ones. Um, it's the girl who played with fire and the girl who kicked the hornet's nest. I read those books. Um, there's there are books that you read and you go, yeah, there's a movie in here. <laughs> but there's not necessarily a great book in there. Mm. 
kind of interesting how like it it all the events kind of spiral out of control. But hey, um, oh she's in the drop. Did you ever see the drop? I did not see the drop. Oh wait, good. yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom Hardy with Tom Hardy, and it's like one of Gandolfini's last movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I like that yeah. movie. It's pretty good. Um, yeah, she she did not pick winners. No, but you know what? Dead Man Down. Did you see Dead Man Down? No. I saw that shit in theaters. Man, that movie sucked. Aww. Um, but you know what? Like Tom Tom Hardy's another like really great actor who who's picked winners. Yeah. Uh, they should work together again. Put her in Venom Three. Tom Hardy's weird, where it seems like he's trying to lose and he keeps picking winners. You know what I think it is? He's just a fucking rabble-rouser, working-class guy who happened to just become a movie star. <laughs> Something. I don't even... I honestly... Who knows? Because, like, I just... he... I hear people in real life who don't like... Who watch, like, five movies a year, right? People know Tom Hardy, and they yeah. like him. More than just Bane, more than just Venom. Like, like my, my, my cousin's husband, uh, my co- I guess cousin-in-law, right? Um, he, his favorite actor is Tom Hardy. Like, he will go see anything Tom Hardy's in without fail. Like, and I just, like, wow, that's just a fucking, like, rare power nowadays. Yeah. Like, people like this dude. So. What about Bright? Did Netflix just, like, quietly cancel that sequel? A hundred percent. Like, like they were, like, day one, they're, like, Bright 2, any day now. Like, and... <laughs> haven't heard a thing. Yeah, um... That's just some spin-off animated movie that's coming out. Oh fuck. Yeah. It's like let me let me see Bright 2. It's not called Bright 2, but that'll take me to where the fuck I'm going. Yeah. Um Well, I think huh. it's David Ayer's not doing it as part of it. And uh the writer also isn't doing it. Yeah, the writer is not doing anything officially. Like I'm sure he's doing like unofficial punch ups on everything, but it's so weird that that is what starts the the streaming revolution, kinda. Like bright, bright was the movie where they were like, this thing was watched by like 500 million people day one. Do you remember? Like it was like <laughs> some insane number. And it yeah. was like, so if it, had it been released in theaters, it would have made a billion dollars. And, you know, people were like, yeah, you know, but how much does that actually, like, would people who watched on Netflix actually go to the theater? You know, there's that whole debate, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that was the people were suddenly like, there's money in them, their hills. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's what it felt like, you know? People were like, oh, the paradigm shift. And then there was the thing where people were like, it's getting, the negative reviews are a conspiracy being propagated by the theaters and the studios because they don't want streaming to take off. Do you remember this? No. This I, was I completely peak, missed that. This was peak, like, critics are are paid by, like, to give negative reviews. Like, it's right after Batman v Superman 2. Okay. Where it's like, everyone's like, they're giving negative reviews because Marvel's paying them and shit like that. And they're like, they're giving them negative reviews because they hate Netflix. But Bright was this moment where people were like, oh shit, Netflix. And it was like, but no one liked it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that's another movie, like like the Killer Santa thing, whatever. Where it's just like, oh, what if like uh, Middle Earth but modern day. It's like, that's a basic premise. You can do something interesting with that. And I do think there's like potential for a story like that. I really, really do. 
Bright is fucking terrible for a billion reasons. Max Landis being one of them, David Ayer being another. Yes. Right. Like it's it's just fucking two shitty peas and like a fucking corpse pod. Yeah. Like it's just it's abysmal on on so many levels. There's four things that went wrong with that movie. <laughs> one David Ayer, <laughs> Max Landis, three Netflix, four cops. Oh god, yeah. Like that's it. Like I mean that that was one of the things. So like for people that don't know since we're just on Bright and I think the the, the modern action atmosphere actually will bring us back to Violent Night, the movie we're here to talk about. Um like David Ayer and Max Landis worked together just like for a moment, right, on this movie. And then David Ayer did a rewrite. So there are actually two scripts of Bright that are out there. They're both bad. But, I've never what is the like I know I think David David Ayer kind of did like he played up the racism stuff. He right? played up the racism stuff a lot. He he played up the uh uh the yeah, the race allegories, the the, the cop what stuff a more. Fucking mistake. Like, I, I know. Uh, like, you know, again, like we're the... fucking talking like Avatar, and we'll be back to talk about Avatar two next week. But like, we're talking about how like all these movies, like all these fantasy fables and stuff like that, they're inherently problematic just because of like the the origins and like Western colonial like storytelling. Like, there's always problematic elements. Why would you double down on them? <laughs> like, yeah. why would you ever do that? <laughs> like, no, like unwittingly, like for for no purpose than to like. Just, I guess, try to. I, I don't. I don't know. I get why James Cameron's doing it. I don't get why David Ayer does it. David Ayer is not James Cameron. David Ayer is not even Joss Whedon. David you know? Ayer is one of those guys who like thinks he can push buttons. You know. Yeah. And he just can't. Like he's just not good at it. Like yeah. I mean, he's also just a bad filmmaker because there are plenty of idiots that are just good filmmakers. You know. Yeah. There are plenty of people that are like I don't want to hear talk ever, but they're good at like what they do. He can't even like like I'll never forget. There's just a moment where this dude in the middle of downtown LA and Bright is like swinging this massive sword around, and then he points the sword at like the the cops or whatever, and the the sword is like facing directly towards the camera, and it looks so fucking visually flat. But you know, David Ayer when he's like composing that shot, he's like, this is like the money shot. This is the money image. And they use that image, like, all over the promotional campaign for that movie. And it's just, like, the horizon's completely eye-level. Everything is flat and gray and gross. And that was, like, the moment that broke me. It's a, it's a quick, like, five-second image in the movie. But it's the one where I was like, oh, this is worthless. There's mm-hmm. absolutely nothing here. There's negative here. <laughs> is that the same scene, though, where they... Mexican cop goes, I still get shit for the fucking Alamo. Yeah, that's exactly that one. It's like, no, that's not a thing. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, like, what? Like, David Ayer getting a Mexican actor to say that, he should be in prison. Yeah. Before we abolish prisons, David Ayer should be in one. The craziest thing about Bright, in my opinion, everything you said is correct, by the way. Thank you. But, uh, the, the, the craziest thing in Bright is that, uh, Will Smith clearly improvised a Shrek reference in it, which means Shrek exists in the Bright Universe, which is a universe where orcs are real and ogres are real. How did that get made? 
racism. Is it, is it like the birth of a nation, but like <laughs> released in 2001? Like, oh my god. Think about that. Yeah. Also, does 9-11 happen in that universe? The Alamo still did. Like, yeah, so like... What? What? <laughs> what? And then there's like... Remember there's like a shot of a dragon flying over the LA night sky? Is that yeah. their version of a plane then? Yes. Like, That's what stupid. The, you know, what? What? There's a game, what's it called? I played it years ago called Arcanum. Have you ever played Arcanum? No. It's a old like uh it's a like isometric RPG kind of looks like the original Fallout games. And it's it's like a fantasy setting but like it's set in like a steampunk type era so like all that technology is new, right? Mhm. And it does this really interesting thing of like here's how like it, it's like here's the societal effects of living in a world of both science and magic. And this game from, like, 2001 did a lot more thinking about its world than Bright did. So... Well, because Bright did zero thinking. Yeah. It did What's negative it? thinking. What is the, the, the Max Landis script? Like, what... Uh... I don't remember all the details of it because it's been a while since I looked at it. Like, how long ago did Bright come out? Five years ago? It's whatever. Five. Seven centuries ago. Yeah, it feels like it. Um, it might as well be ancient history. Trump year one, so... Like, oh, Jesus Christ, that's right. Uh, the worst possible year it could have come out. Exactly. <laughs> Let's address racism with works. Yeah, people were like, look, the whole country hasn't fallen apart. You people are overreacting. <laughs> oh. It's like, that's what any... happens 2020, motherfuckers. <laughs> Y'all um, thought it was crazy, but... If I remember correctly, there, there's also more of, like, the, the remember there's, like, the FBI elves? Like, they're not the FBI, oh, but yeah. they're, like, the they're like Federal the Magic yeah, the, Bureau. Yeah, because that whatever. would exist. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't fucking know. But uh, there's more of that stuff like that, and that's kind of, like, the bookend of it. Like, they're really the ones who kind of, like... like he, it's, it's almost like he tries to use, like, like a Tolkien-esque, like, bookending... Like, beginning and end to the story, but, like, with a federal agency. And I'm like, no, that's not it at all. What? Yeah. Like, I guess if you want to do, like, a dark satirical version of it, but he's not someone who was smart enough to come up with concepts for that or, like, deliver on that premise. No one working on that movie was intelligent enough to do anything. That's true. I mean... That's completely true. It's... That, that is still one of those, like, it's an anomaly at this point, you know? Yeah. I mean... It's like, when, when people look back, at, and, and I like a lot of movies that have come out of Netflix and TV shows and stuff like mm -hmm. that, but when they, when they look back at the failure of Netflix, because that is something that is just going to happen in our lifetime, they're going to point to Bright as one of the problems. Yeah. As one of, like, like in the Rosetta Stone of the failures, right? They're going to be like, yeah, this is how crazy things were. They're not just going to point it. They're going to call it... It's going to be called... There's going to be a book published called How Bright Killed Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be... That is the reason. But, hey. Yeah. Um, fuck movies. Yeah, fuck them. Um, so, Violent Night. So, Violent Night. Okay, so I was, talk, I was just talking about like the filmmaking, the action of Bright. Uh, some of the stuff that's evolved since the release of Bright is that lower budget action has kind of taken on like a new 
life in um, in recent years. Like people are watching more Scott Atkins movies than ever, which I kind of <laughs> love. Um, you know, not not always a home run, but when that dude delivers, he delivers. Um, Friend of the show, my boy Liam O'Donnell, of course, is the Skyline sequels and trying to get some other stuff made. It's a little harder right now. Uh, But a big proponent of modern action is the group 8711 slash 87 North. Do you know of them? Um, Yeah. When I went to see Violent Night, I saw them. (laughs) I saw their logo. Okay. So. But also they did uh, Nobody, right? They didn't. 87 North did Nobody. Mm-hmm. Kate, which is another Netflix movie. Uh, well, which... hey, uh, Kate, um, bad movie. Uh, yes, it is. Sorry to people. Um, I should have been there for that because it's just Mary Elizabeth Winstead killing people, which is all I ever want in the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, the movie just, yeah, not very good. No, 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 it is not. Um, Bullet Train. The surprise hit of 2022. I'm kind of glad it was a hit, even though I didn't like it. <laughs> even though it's like... It has everything wrong with cinema in it, but, like, also a little bit that's good. <laughs> Look, the, the action in that movie is good. The action in Kate is good. The action in Nobody is good. Whether they're filmed well or not is another conversation. Yeah, that seems to be it. Like... Yeah. Because there's a lot of good ideas in Bullet Train. Yeah, and look, and... like, when they remake that movie in 20 years or whatever, I bet it'll be better. Because they're not, we're not going to live in a culture that's just constantly trying to make smarmy jokes and have one of our biggest stars in Hollywood say stuff like, oh, fuck nuts. Yeah. Which was just degrading. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, There's, bad it, movie. It's so be weird. way better if it wasn't just a comedy. Yeah, well, you know what? I'm fine with it being a comedy, but there was enough stuff in it that would have worked had they cut the stuff that didn't work. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, there was enough gags in it that, like... Like, the fact, like, the, the whole gag about uh, fucking Brad Pitt just being, like, unlucky, like, that would have been enough to carry the movie, in my opinion. I agree. And instead, like, they got, like, seven other gags on top of it, like, mm-hmm. and that was where I was, like, you know, like, it, it's harder to see the good stuff in it when there's so much bad on top. But it's also a movie I went to see, like, I was dreading going to see Bullet Train, and I walked out of it being, like, I mean, it wasn't good, but I didn't, like, hate it. <laughs> no, yeah, it's, like, almost there. And, like, you know what? It was really cool to see, like, ooh, movie stars doing movie star stuff, you know? Yeah. And, like, the the actors do get, like, hooked up with, like, cool money shots and stuff like that. Brian yeah. Tree Henry's fucking killing Brian it. Henry's that a character great. that should not be working. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of good stuff in it. Um, like I said, just cut back on the stuff that didn't work. Um, hey, but did I – I got to tell you the one thing that really annoyed me about Bullet Train. Um, and it's based on, is it based on, like, a manga or something? It's based on a book. Okay. Is it, like, a series? No, it's one book. Okay. Because, like, to me it was, like, maybe there's something that, like, this would be paid off in a sequel. But there's a gag in it where it's Aaron Taylor Johnson and Brian Tyree Henry, right? Like, they're a team, Mm -hmm. right? And they keep making the thing where it's like, oh, the twins? And they're not, you know, like, they're not twins, right? Like, that's the gag. Yeah. Right? And they keep, but they keep referring to them as the twins. And they did some job years ago. I can't remember the details. Like, what was they were like Cambodia? Was that what they kept saying? I don't I remember. Think so. But they kept going like, yeah, the twins were in Cambodia, and they would ever, occasionally do flashbacks to it. It was also one of those movies where like it's they felt like we're gonna we're gonna tell and show the audience everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's one of those. Um, 
And it's like, yeah, and they would keep cutting to them, and they would do this weird shot, reverse shot on on them, right? Yeah. And it'd be like the twins, but they would break the 180 rule, and they would flip sides, right? Mm-hmm. I honestly thought, I was like, oh, that's actually a clever directing moment. I thought the gag would be, no, they aren't twins, but they both have twins. Right? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I thought that was what the gag was going to be. And I'm like, that's actually really clever. And then nothing happened. <laughs> Instead, <laughs> there was no gag. <laughs> what the fuck was that? I have no idea. So the gag is just a dumb, like, oh, one of them's white, one of them's black. Like that was the actual joke. Like, <laughs> yeah, I got. I have no like conception for any of that. That was uh wow. So yeah, it looks it's looking like uh, eighty seven North is like fifty fifty. <laughs> well, eighty seven North is an offshoot of the official brand eighty seven eleven action. Eighty seven eleven does the John Wick movies. Okay. That is their primary, like, production output. They worked with Hob- on Hobbs and Shaw, which is also a terrible movie. A pretty fucking terrible movie. Mm-hmm. Um, um, there are moments where the action is good. And again, I think that comes down to how they choreograph it and how they shoot it. I think the choreography is never less than at least solid. Holy shit, the direction sometimes. But, um... The John Wick movies, as we all know, are basically like perfect action movies. Like from top to yeah. bottom, at the very least, you're gonna get like a, a a prime action experience. Like, you know, don't they don't miss basically? Yeah. Like it just that's just the way it goes right now. Um, Eighty Seven North also did the stuff for Violent Night, and I thought they did a great job. I think the action is really really well choreographed and i think the movie is pretty good yeah i think pretty good all around on my part would be my response okay um yeah i i it was one of those where i walked out of it and i i'll, have, I'll say this someone texted me after i saw it and was like should i see violent night and i was like not really <laughs> that oh, was okay response like, oh, okay, I, it okay. was okay but like I don't know, man. It it doesn't get there, you know. No, no, no. It it, it not really. I kind of I, I really liked it. Though. Action <laughs> beats I really liked. There mm-hmm. were like a handful of action beats I thought were a real joy, and then there were others that were kind of like, okay, well, we just kind of need this scene to happen, you know. Mm-hmm. And there were some I thought that just didn't work at all. And also by the end, it was kind of like, let's just wrap this up. (laughs) (laughs) Here's, there's one problem with this movie. There's exactly one problem. Okay. I have been on record as being someone who's like, look, if you don't have a great script, you can still make a great movie. I I still firmly believe that. Yeah, the script. I've been very much, yeah, I mean, that's it. It's the script. I'm not going to build up to it anymore. It's, it's, It's the writing. You know who wrote this? Um, no, I don't actually. Josh Miller and Patrick Casey. The writers of such hits as Transylvania, National Lampoon presents Dorm Days and Dorm Days 2. Something called Hey, Stop Stabbing Me. Mm-hmm. Um, These all sound really fun. And their most recent hits, a film and its sequel that some people really like and some people really hate. Mm-hmm. Starring Jim Carrey. 
Oh, the Sonic the Hedgehog. The Sonic movies. movies. Okay. And yeah, other movies where uh, it's the script is the problem. Really. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I still completely believe another, that, like, a film... movie, A movie where it's the script is the problem... The directing is fine, right? Like it gets yeah. the job done. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna rave about it too much. The set pieces are all right, and it's elevated by one really good core performance. Yeah, why is he so fucking good in those? <laughs> yeah. Well here's all right, no, here's the thing. All right. So when I say elevated by one core performance, what do you think I'm talking about? I thought you meant Jim Carrey. No, I do not. Terry is fine in them. Okay. I mean Ben Schwartz. Oh, okay. Oh, I, I like him oddly, as Sonic too. Who is oddly committed as Sonic the Hedgehog, even though it's just a voice. But like, people undervalue voice actors. Like he he makes that fucking movie. Like honestly, like I think it's him. He like whoever picked him to voice. It's the opposite of picking Chris Pratt for Mario. <laughs> like. <laughs> It fucking made the movie. That, yeah, I would agree with that. So I'll see seven more of those, even though I haven't liked any of them, as I long as he keeps them. doing the voices. Yeah, they're like two, two and a half star movies. Yeah, they're, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. They are, they're kind of that. Both yeah. times I've seen them were times where it's like, I got nothing else. Like, I think I was stuck. You know what? Sonic the Hedgehog 2 I saw because my flight got canceled <laughs> and I decided, fuck it, I'm taking a train. But I had like, 12 hours to kill. Oh. <laughs> I saw Sonic the Hedgehog too. <laughs> and yeah, um, was a movie that happened. Yeah. But again, I, I still firmly believe that film is, you know, a visual audio, audio medium. You can create <laughs> lasting. <laughs> what do you mean? You believe film is a visual audio medium? Well, it, it excels through that. That's why I, I don't. I don't. <laughs> it, I don't. It's, it's also what it is. <laughs> yes. 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 It's not. It's not Santa Claus. It, it's. <laughs> you don't have to believe in it. <laughs> well, I think we do kind of have to believe in it once in a while. I mean, I guess, but it's also but in touch. You can it. you can excel with just those elements. Basically, you can uh -huh. create a completely sensory experience without like a sturdy screenplay. Yeah. However. <laughs> Sometimes you find the limitations of the medium when it just isn't really coming together on the page. Yeah. Um, also, bad idea to shout out that you're just doing Die Hard with Santa Claus in your movie that is nowhere near as good as Die Hard. What? Why do movies do this also, so like, often? Yeah, like, oh, I wouldn't be able to put that one to fucking gather. Like, of course you're doing Die Hard. You didn't need to even say it. Yeah. But, uh, like, have you noticed that recently? Like, movies will call out other movies that they're they're inspired by or whatever, and it's like, no, I got that. Well, uh, I, I'd rather be watching that. It's uh, people thinking this is how you, you're smarter than your audience, you know? It's so degrading. By referencing the reference they will also make, you know? Yeah. It's like, oh, you're going to reference Die Hard, we beat you to it! Like, and it's like, no, fuck off. Like... <laughs> It's, yeah, it, I don't know, man. Um, yeah, uh, could have been a really good movie, but instead it's just an okay, okay movie. I would still recommend it, honestly. Um, sure. Okay, yeah. I don't know. Well, one of the things that I really liked about it is uh, David Harbour. We talked up a little bit at the beginning. David Harbour is fantastic. Yeah, he's, he's, he's fantastic. 
Um, but I also think this kind of proves that like people like their action stars a little more burly now. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I saw some like fucking wild thirst tweets when this movie came out. I mean, that's, that's also, <laughs> you know, there's like people who are like thirsty for Santa though, right? Oh yeah. Everyone's like, all fucked up, but yeah. like, whatever. I'm not judging. I'm just saying like, <laughs> it's fine. Um, but like people really like him mm-hmm. and, uh, like he totally like commits to the action too. Like he's fucking putting in the work and he, he's when he's fucking dudes up, it's like really cool. <laughs> I also think it's this thing of like, I guess we're coming back to it, but people also like heroes that have no business being in the movie they're in, you know, like, yeah, completely. There's, there's no reason for Santa to be in the situation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You put him in it and it suddenly becomes really engaging. I mean, that's diehard. Like, Bruce Willis, he just happened to be there. Wrong place, mm-hmm. wrong time, right? And, and like, what what's like maybe the most accessible thing about Bruce Willis? Like, he he is a traditionally like attractive man, but he's also like a normal looking guy. Like, yeah, he's a, he looks like a dude you could walk across and come across in the street. Mm-hmm. You know, he's this happy medium between like he he's a good looking action star, right? But he isn't like a super pretty boy type, right? You yeah. know, he's not like James Bond, but mm-hmm. he's also not like jacked like Schwarzenegger (laughs) like so like he finds this nice happy middle ground and yeah it's it's something I don't know movies movies are weird where like it's such an obvious thing that people find appealing and then studios are like yeah but no Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, but I don't understand that. No, but I do love that this movie exceeded like financial expectations too, because it's like you know maybe it just means more David Harbor movies, whatever. Like who knows, right? Um, we always talk about Hollywood learns the wrong lesson, so maybe that's it. But if that's the wrong lesson this time, that's that's a still a pretty good one. Yeah. You know. Or you know maybe this gets a sequel and they can kind of actually like do a good story next time. I'd yeah. like that. But bring back, bring back Tommy Ricola. Just get a uh, get different dudes on the screenplay. Yeah, it's. I don't know why. Yeah, the screenplay is really. It it it. I don't want to say it's bad, but it kind of does the bare minimum. You know. Yeah, I mean that's it. Like, you know, it, it feels kind of first drafty. Yeah, it's very for. It feels like honestly, it feels like the thing we do before we start recording. <laughs> we, like, pitch a movie to each other, and then we just kind of riff for a little bit. And be like, yeah, but wouldn't it be if this happened? And what if this happened? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, and it's super fun, but it's like it's, that we're not ready to go. Yeah, we're no, we're you know? not ready to go. <laughs> then like we're gonna try and write it and be like, what the fuck were we talking about? Like, yeah. It's like this doesn't work at all. Like, like, what's the Seinfeld like, joke where he or, like he wakes up in the middle of the night and then he laughs and he writes down what he's laughing at. Then he wakes up the next day and he's like, what the fuck is yeah, this? Exactly. I mean, you know, it's the thing of like you go, you have, a, you maybe had the one good idea, and then you took it too far, and then it's like, wait, let's scale it back. Because the one good idea in this is Die Hard, but Santa, you know. Yeah. And then there's no real other idea. Like, is there? Uh, there might be one arguable one, and it's that this is completely, sincerely committed to being a Christmas movie. Yes, but like, but that that also feels like <laughs> it's completely committed to being a Christmas movie, but it also is as the tone of that guy who's like, do you know Die Hard's a Christmas movie? A little bit, which kind of definitely rubs me the wrong way. I don't now. feel like it went far enough with the Christmas stuff. 
or the Santa stuff really. I think it could have gone further, but I I do like I didn't expect it to fully be like about the power of belief in in the holiday. Yeah, you know. So, so I think I I, get, I give it credit for that. Like it genuinely like believes that. I would agree that like everything else in the movie, it it does need that extra push. Yeah, I like the uh, the setup. I actually it's actually a pretty good setup of. Uh, you give the they gave the kid the walkie-talkie to like be like oh hey you know you can talk directly to Santa he won't be able to respond you know they're just trying to be nice to her yeah and Santa ends up accidentally hearing the other walkie-talkie that was actually a pretty good setup I didn't immediately see that paying off yeah it did you know mm-hmm. it's like it takes Santa getting to the game room basement where I'm like oh okay that's why that happened and I'm like that's kind of cool. Um, and that, that relationship between the little girl and Santa is, like, the one that works. Yeah. You know? Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Maybe you needed a little bit more. And there also kind of was, like, they kind of wanted to, they jumped a little too quickly to Santa is a badass. In my I, opinion. I kind of agree with that. To not to get all oh we no training all that I, no, I definitely not, don't want to veer into that yeah, and I don't think you not are either the angle I'm taking yeah yeah, yeah. like to me it's it, to go back to the Christmas Chronicles it's why Christmas Chronicles two sucks so much because the best scene in Christmas Chronicles is that scene where he he just goes into the restaurant and is like trying to be like hey remember me and then they're like no <laughs> it's like well i remember when you got this for christmas and they're like how the fuck do you know that and he's like some santa damn it like <laughs> like that scene is best when he's just dropping santa science on people and yeah. i kind of wanted a little more of that from david harbour like he gives a good performance i'm talking more in the writing mm-hmm. and it's it's more just like they go. They start him where he's kind of like a he's drunk, belligerent Santa, right? Yeah. And he's like he's disillusioned Santa, which is a fine take. And then like, but like he almost immediately starts fighting people when he gets to that place. Yes. I, I wanted Santa to maybe like not not like you know not be a pacifist, but maybe try to find like a little more clever things to do, and then then reveal himself to be a badass, you know. Mm-hmm. Like you maybe think like, oh, he's just Santa. Like, what the fuck is he gonna do? And then it turn it turns out he could kick your ass. But it, I don't know. It didn't. The escalation was a little too quick, I guess. I'd agree with that. Um, I also wasn't like totally. I don't know. This is me. The the disillusionment of Santa was a little off to me. I don't know. There's some of it was just a little like they didn't think out the Santa of it all too much. You know, like, what is the logic at play here? Mm-hmm. What does Santa being stuck in this one location mean? Right? Like, what does yeah. this mean for Christmas? Is there a part of, is there like a clock out where Santa's like, well, look, I got to get going or else Christmas is ruined. Like, uh huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, is there, like, he's never had this problem where the reindeer ran away. Like, <laughs> he's, he's giving presents to Americans. Most Americans own guns. Like, he's never run into a problem like this before. But, yeah, I don't know. There's one really good scene where they capture him, right? Mm-hmm. And they're just like, he's like, what do you, he, Santa, his whole thing is like, what do you want from me? I'm Santa. Like, <laughs> and then they're like, why, why did you, what, like, 
you're bullshit, Santa. Why didn't I get that tricycle I wanted? And he was like, what do you mean, why didn't you get it? Like, you picked on your brother. That's naughty. Like, he's like, starts going <laughs> off. Or he's like, it's all simple. Don't be naughty. Like, what's wrong with you people? It's like, I fucking believed in you and you did the wrong thing. <laughs> that's a really, that's like the best scene in the movie, in my opinion. I and, think I'd agree with that. But, you know, the rest of it is, like, fine. Um, there's some, like, oh, the kid's a TikToker, which is, like, okay, I guess I guess we're at that point with cinema. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I expect much more of that in the coming years. I did like the performance of the little girl and her parents. I like the parents, who is, like, like they kind of suck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I kind of like that, too. The gag of, like, people trying to steal the money. Like, that was kind of fun. John Leguizamo's having a good time. Um, he seems to, like, trying to give a character that doesn't really have a lot to him more. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, hey. Very okay movie. I wish I had more to say than that. Yeah, I mean, I think that's as, as much fun as I have with it. And, like, I would still recommend people watch it. Um, I think that's kind of the most indicting thing about it, like... And the other I, thing, I can't really scrounge up more to say either. I did see it two weeks ago, and I, I probably <laughs> had more to say immediately after, but a lot of it has already left my brain. So, like, it wasn't that memorable, you know? Yeah. Um, there's some good violence in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had the, the violence described as crunchy to me recently, yeah, and I'm like, that's a, that's a good way of putting it. That's a good yeah. way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, if you if you want like a crunchy holiday themed action movie, uh, you, you could do a lot worse. Um, I would also say like yeah, you could probably we could probably get better. I mean, yeah, also. definitely do better. And I think that's the thing too because we we're just hyping up like Dead Snow and stuff like that, and uh, we like David Arbor. Like like everyone here can can do better. I think is the thing. Yeah. Even though and I also like it is it. one of those things where like if this movie had bombed, it's like well then that's it. Like we're not gonna get. There's no chance for another David Harbour Santa Claus action movie, right? Mm-hmm. And I think we both came away from Violent Night going like, that is still a good and viable idea. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. We didn't walk away from this being like, we thought we wanted this, we got it, and then realized we didn't want it. Like, it's like, no, there's, there's, the pieces are here, they just didn't, they, they didn't take it far enough, you know? Yeah. I have exactly one pitch for the sequel, what what it should be, mm-hmm. and I'm going to send you an image right now over Twitter, okay. so you can see what what the the next poster should be. Okay. Hey. Yes, and this will be on the thumbnail as well. This is what it should be on Santa Vacation. Yeah, it's like a. <laughs> Hi, I'm Troy McClure. You might remember me from. Christmas ape and Christmas ape goes to summer camp. <laughs> I mean, yeah. What does Santa do on his day off? You know. Yeah, and then you could do Die Hard in a tropical setting. What's the fake movie from uh, the beginning of Scrooge? You remember this? No. Night the reindeer died. <laughs> no. Just like an action movie where like terrorists attack the North Pole. And... <laughs> Um, what's his name? Some fucking guy. The, guy, the $6 million man shows up 
And like, Santa, you have to get out of here. You're too important. He's like, nah, son, this is one Santa who's going out the front door. <laughs> like, like, like him and the elves are getting fucking guns ready and shit. But, <laughs> so, yeah, maybe there's a siege at the North Pole. Oh, Un- yeah, you can do that. siege, but with Santa. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. I always told you that's what my sequel to Suicide Squad would have been. They have to save Santa. Yeah, the Joker takes over Christmas, <laughs> and so like the the Suicide Squad has to learn the meaning of Christmas again. I actually have a, a Christmas thing idea, but I, I'll tell you off because like, I, I actually think it'll work. <laughs> can I tell you? But like, yeah, but here's what I would actually do with the Suicide Squad. I'm just going to tell you the ending because this would never happen. Okay, okay. But Santa, like, he would help them all, like, you know, they're, Suicide Squad, they're all horrible people, but Santa would be like, yeah, but, you know, if you could still be good people, helps learn the meaning of Christmas. The final scene is a showdown between Santa and the Joker, and Santa just pulls out a gun and shoots the Joker in the face. <laughs> Why? Because Santa's like, look, even I have limits. <laughs> the whole movie's preaching pacifism, right? Like, uh-huh. the whole movie's like, no, Suicide Squad, you don't have to kill people. You could, you know, maybe help them instead. And they're like, yeah, you're right, Santa. And then Santa gets in the pool and just shoots the Joker. <laughs> so it's like the ending of Wizards. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, that could work. You see? <laughs> hey, I watched Wendell and Wild. Oh yeah, you want to talk about that? Yes, holy shit, what a movie. <laughs> okay, yeah, here. Um th- wait, th- thumbs up or thumbs down? On, on Violent Night? Yeah. Thumb eh. I, like uh, you're doing the the gladiator half thumb. Yeah, where I'm like, I'm not deciding, and the whole crowd's just staring at me, but I ain't moving. (laughs) Okay. But um, I I think leaning positive, I guess. Because it's not really bad, it's just not good, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. that's really the problem. But you know what is good is fucking Wendell and Wild. Which I'm mainly bringing up because we did Monkey Bone earlier this year. Um, and we both walked out of Monkey Bone being like, what the flying fuck was that? Right? Mm-hmm. Um, Went a Little Wild, also from Henry Selleck. Also, we talked about it in where it was like, because Dan Doherty, this is mainly my apology to Dan Doherty, right? Right, right. Dan Doherty's like, fucking, and this is, and also more fuck you to Chris Columbus. He was like, Chris Columbus fucked up Monkey Bone. There's like 15 minutes missing from Monkey Bone. That would make it a better movie. And I think we both watched Monkey Bone and being like, I don't know if 15 minutes is going to do it. Like, <laughs> where it's like, I don't know if that's... Wendell and Wild has the same kind of Monkey Bone insanity where it's just insane idea on top of insane idea and they're completely disconnected. And you're like, wait, we're 30 minutes into this movie and you're still introducing new concepts. <laughs> like, and I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> there is a reveal. I won't spoil it, but there is a reveal. Like, I want to say at the midpoint that a character is supernatural, that we had no knowledge that they were supernatural before. And I'm like, really? <laughs> like, again, <laughs> we're doing something? 
But Wendell and Wilde, I don't know what it is, it totally works. And watching it convinced me that, yes, those 15 minutes on Monkey Bone might have saved it. Like, there is there is a method to the Henry Selleck madness. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I, I really am looking forward to it, though. I, I was that I'm excited as fuck. This, I'm giving it a like. rave five stars, which Whoa. is the highest anyone seems to be giving it. Because everyone yeah. else is kind of like getting the same reaction of like, it's a mess, but there's a lot of heart to it. And to me, it's like it's a mess, but the mess is what makes it good. Also, like I love Henry Selleck. I'm, this is not a criticism, but is. A lot of this stuff is kind of just like wild swings that he like yeah. he guides. I won't say controls, but he guides to like you know a sense of emotional catharsis or something. Yeah, he he, he understands. I mean, there's a lot of fun of just like the gags in it. He's like a very gag filmmaker, you know. Mm-hmm. Where it's like he gets the he set up the sequence and the sequence, but he's not like great at three act structures. Yeah, and this this is what I'll say again to to kind of defend my own standing a, a little bit earlier from uh, from Violent Night, like. That's a movie that at least has, like, structure, but it doesn't really uh, do anything more than that to pay off, right? Like, yeah. Like, that's, that's – we see the limits of just doing the basic rules to this kind of thing versus uh, Wendell and Wilde, it sounds like, which doesn't really have a great structure to it, but – it's taken swings and it has like a purpose, and I think that goes a long way. And you know what I will say also, like I've seen less talk about this, but all the wild swings are thematically consistent. Like I, I don't know why no one's really talked about that, but in Wendell and Wild, like all of it is very like why, like you could have. Here's the thing, like Wendell and Wild, right? You think the movie is going to be about Wendell and Wild, right? Mm-hmm. Wendell and Wild are like B players. <laughs> In a movie with seven plots. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> and any one of those plots could have sustained their own movie. <laughs> oh. Right? And instead, it's like, let's do all of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they, like I said, they are, they don't always connect, like, on a story level, but they are thematically consistent. And that's what I ended up really liking about it. But... Um, yeah, I could not, I can't recommend Wendell and Wild more. Um, I think it's being totally undersold by people. Okay. Um, and it's just, Henry Selig's fucking back, baby. Like, All right. And it's weird, it's been like over a decade since Coraline. And... I, oh my god, you know what I just realized? Mm-hmm. The same amount of time has passed between the last James Cameron movie as the last oh, Henry yeah, Selig movie. yeah, yeah, wow. The boys are back in town. The boys are back. <laughs> But hey, Wendell um, Wild is gonna fuck me better than Avatar, though. I don't see many movies being better than Wendell and Wild. Oh, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's so good. I mean, yeah, <laughs> but you like everything, so I can't trust you. Um, yeah, but like this is an like overwhelming Craig, rave, which was a bad movie. No, oh, don't, don't, do that. Uh, no, the people are with me. The people are with me on this one. Yeah, the people are also with Joe Biden. That doesn't mean shit. <laughs> I don't know but, if they're with him as much as they're like, ah, it's got nothing else going on. Yeah, that's that's every review of Prey. <laughs> no, it's not. It's a good or, movie. Yeah. People people know dick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. I will agree with that. <laughs> but 
I, I don't, uh, who the fuck is calling me? Um, I don't, <laughs> sorry, I'm recording on my laptop, and so my laptop is connected to my phone because it's all this Apple bullshit. So if I get a call, it just like fucking slams right into the recording. See, I'm, I'm doing the, 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 the modern movie thing. If something goes wrong, you just call it out before yeah. the people can call you out. Can you believe my phone's ringing? <laughs> I kill myself. Yeah. yeah, that would be actually, that would be pretty good. <laughs> hey, kids, can you believe? Boom! Yeah. <laughs> uh, here you go. Here's another holiday Mid-show. recommendation. Hmm. Did you ever see the show Misfits? You know what? I haven't. I've heard good things about it, though. I, I do not know if it holds up. I cannot say if it holds up or not, but that was a big show during the, the Tumblr Doctor Who era, Yeah, and that was a big show for me. Uh, there's a Christmas special episode that I remember thinking was repulsive and very funny. Well, so there you go. Check it out. See see if it holds up to older Diego standards from young Diego. Here's something I gotta tell you people though. Uh fucking Wendell and Wild has not cracked the top you know, like when you click on the year on Letterboxd. Yeah. Like list of the like movies most people are watching. It has not cracked that. Huh. Not, Bullet train is on there. Fucking Lightyear is on there. Jesus Christ. Fucking Chip and Dale is on there. But no Wendell and Wild. Fucking people, get your shit together. I'm going to watch it. Yeah, it's very fucking good. I will report back when Objectively we the, the wrong two. way to write a movie. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a good movie. It just, it works. I don't know what the fuck to tell you. <laughs> like, I just want to just put this up as just evidence that I'm not 100% a structure guy. Like, I, you know, I tend to yeah. talk more structure than you do on this show. But there are movies where I'm like, fuck structure. <laughs> like, just fucking mm-hmm. have fun with it, motherfucker. But. This is why you might like Avatar 2 more. <laughs> hey, I, 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 I'm I looking forward to it. I mean, but, you know, I just, I can't trust you. <laughs> oh, well. We'll see. Uh, I, I might have the last laugh here. I also saw Pinocchio. Did you see Pinocchio yet? I have not seen Pinocchio yet. That's also very good. Yeah. That's the one people are kind of like really like you know talking about and mm-hmm. it's very good um i might put wendell and wild above pinocchio whoa yeah i might that might be my wild choice. i am thinking about this year though just like because you got pinocchio wendell and wild and mad god are all this year mm-hmm. so i might just like for my top 10 my number one just might be stop motion like because like we just three banger stop motion movies this year that's pretty good. Uh, I'm not saying it's better than any of the ones you listed, um, but did you ever see Turning Red? No, I have not yet. Okay. Um, I, I've, heard, I, I've heard good things. I just haven't bothered. Okay. If I you have time to, to watch it before the end of the year, I, I think you're really going to like it. I think I'll like it. It's not going to beat those those movies, though. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm saying less about it being competition more than just like... Mm-hmm. It's been a really great year for animation, and I think it's been a really great not year for really. movies. No? Not you don't really. think so? Um. Well, we got Lightyear. Oh, fuck. We got Minnie. I mean, that alone. <laughs> we got Chippendale. We got uh, the fucking one that just bombed. I can't even remember the fucking title of oh, it. Oh, Strange, Strange World. Well, yeah, I'm going to is... watch it on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> yeah. It... it seems like my type of movie. Um, there's something else. We got that Puss in Boots movie coming out in like a week. That Puss in Boots movie is supposed to be really good. Yeah, but those people are liars. I don't so... know. 
it, it feels like, this, honestly, this felt like a really weak year for animation, but stop motion was fucking cleaning up. Mm. So that's where I was like, oh, this is that's kind of interesting. But like the bigger guys have been like striking out. Mm-hmm. And then you got, did, did Turning Red make money? Uh, it wasn't released in theaters. Oh, okay. So, no. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they fucked it. The The return to theaters for Pixar was light year. Yeah. And that, even that. the Pixar people were like, what? <laughs> Mm-hmm. That one? <laughs> who Who is making the decisions? I guess that guy's gone now. Yeah. Um. So. Oh, the bad guys. Remember the bad guys? That was this year. I haven't seen it yet. Um, Mark Maron plays a snake in that. Yeah, there was like... I think it was one of those ones where like people were excited because the animation looked different, and then it came out, and people were like, ah, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was like a hit. Hotel Transylvania 4, the one without Adam Sandler. Oh, yeah, so we don't have to talk about it. Yeah, thank All, fuck. Also right. without Adam Sandler, but also without Gandhi Tartakovsky as director. Oh, yeah, that's the that's actually more important. Yeah, that that's where I'm like, gosh, I have no interest now. Yeah, who, who let that happen? Yeah. Oh, oh this is why uh, I said it was a good year for animation. I saw fucking Primal. Gandhi Tartakovsky's Primal. Yeah, but that's on TV. Yeah, but it's so fucking good. It is good. Um, we're talking about movies. Uh, the other okay. one released in theaters this year was Luck, John Lasseter's big comeback. Oh. Which I think is on um, Apple TV. Yeah, I have to see that every time I fucking log in. It's it's mm. disturbing. Um, kind of amazing that it's apparently just terrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, but <laughs> there's a review on Letterboxd that says, Fun little kids movie, and then even they only gave it two and a half stars. <laughs> <laughs> so they were like, "Yeah, this is fun, two and a half stars. Not fun enough, but hey." <laughs> uh, there was a new Ice Age. What? Yeah, the only person who's seen it is Dan Doherty, who gave it half a star. Oh, so sorry, Dan. Is Ray Romano even in it? Looks like Ray Romano's not even in this one. Oh, then it's a disgrace. Oh, it's a it's just Buck Wild. Mm. Simon Pegg's character. Oh. Um, so hey, good job, idiots. <laughs> um yeah, this is hasn't been a great year for animation in my opinion, except stop motion. Like I said, where it's like that's cleaning up. So Here, I'm looking at my my top of twenty twenty two. And I think I really am just clinging on to Turning Red and Mad God then. Okay. Oh, you know what? I like The Sea Beast on Netflix. Oh, I have not seen that. Uh, You'll you like it. The, there's great, like, blockbuster filmmaking in it, like, okay. on an animation level. Uh, hey, it's the person who did Big Hero 6. It's better than Big Hero 6 by, like, a lot. <laughs> okay. I like Big Hero 6 a lot. I, I, I'm good. Even uh, though it's, like, it's one of those where, like, I kind of just like the robot. I don't really like the team. In it, like, yeah, the team is so like slapdash in that movie. Yeah, it, and funny. I like those. I like the characters and I like the actors. It's just the again, that's a structure thing. Yeah, it's that, a structure that, that doesn't I work think for the me. Robot at the heart of it is what works. Like that part. Oh, completely, completely. So that like overrides a lot of the other complaints I have. Yeah. Oh, I like the Bob's Burgers movie. Not great, but I liked it. It was sweet. Yeah. Well, but that bomb. I'm assuming that it, bomb. it bombed. Yeah, it bombed yeah. big time. I mean, I feel like that was never going to do well. No offense to Bob's Burgers. Like, it's a great show, but... Yeah, Gene and I uh, ran into a, a buddy who um, works on the show, like, uh, uh, in a certain department, and they were like... One of the fears from the, the, the company was that 
it doesn't have the, the, the Simpsons level of, like, public notoriety. Like, it's super popular online. That's kind of kept it alive. Yeah. And, you know, I, I love Bob's Burgers. Um, but, like, that, that Simpsons caliber notoriety is so rare that, like, the leap from television to movies now... Have you noticed, like, whenever people try that in the last decade, hasn't really worked, or, like, the last two decades, really, apart from The Simpsons? Yeah. You know, and there's always talk of, like, oh, this popular TV show, should it get, like, a movie finale? Should they go to movies now? And it's like, no, probably not. <laughs> yeah, television and movies are so much, like, they're so similar at this point, you know? Like, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, there's no real point to do the theatrical thing. Yeah. You know, if I was God Emperor of Netflix, what I would do is, like, whenever someone has an idea for that and there's, like, a genuine property that could sustain that momentum, maybe do, like, a season of this television show and then do, like, a movie to cover a certain time period mm-hmm. and have someone else do the movie while you do the television show, you know? And then you kind of, like, bounce around like that if you want to make, like, a, a shared universe concept of some kind or something. Yeah. Tales but of I'm the just Jedi is out. Yes, I have. I didn't even know that. I thought it was. I company. saw the one with Yaddle because I was like, "Oh, I, Yaddle, that's cool." Oh, I've never seen anything with final, Yaddle. Finally, Yaddle's back. Yeah, voiced by Bryce Dallas Howard, and I was like, "Oh, that's cool." What? Yeah. <laughs> what? And so, yeah. You, oh, wait, you didn't. You didn't know a, this? No, I did not know this. Here's a question, though. Um, does she talk like? Nope. Yoda? She doesn't. Nope. So Yoda's is doing a bit. Okay. Well, that's the, I was wondering about the uh, the fucking child, right? Whatever his yeah. name is. I don't even fucking know. Uh, the baby Yoda. No one gives a shit about yeah. the name. Because um, I was like, well, when he grows up, because clearly I think what's going to happen is the obvious, and I'm not even complaining. I think the obvious thing is that whenever they do another movie, it's going to have an older version of the child in it, right? Like if they do mm-hmm. something after the sequels, it's going to be like, oh, we have to go find this other Jedi. And it's like him, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, is he going to talk like Yoda or is he going to talk normal? And I guess the answer is normal. Um, what you is- know, I this is this might be a free idea that will make a bajillion dollars. Mm-hmm. The poster for Star Wars Episode Ten is Ray looking out into the star systems, right over mm-hmm. a hill, whatever, and on her back is Baby Yoda. Um. Ten billion dollars. Yeah, maybe that's not a bad idea. It, the ba- baby Yoda on, on a movie poster would fucking crush alone. People will turn around on the sequels be, in a positive way, and then yeah, it's that that, be that would baby work. Yoda at that point though, right? But, well, he all all Yodas are babies. That's the thing. Yeah, I, I guess, but like, I just you know, that's I I do think I think that will be the move is that they're going to set up this baby Yoda as being like this character. They can kind of just keep bringing back, you know, mm-hmm. and I would do, honestly, that would be my move too. I mean, it makes sense from a marketing perspective. Yep. But, and also that character is such a nothing right now that you can actually make him interesting. I know. I mean, maybe that's the genius of John Favreau. Yeah. As long as he doesn't go too far. Like, I really hope he doesn't go too much into like, here's what Luke Skywalker was doing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, like, dude, leave some ambiguity. That's yeah, like the beauty of the best Star Wars you know, movies. Yeah, but they'll fuck it up. They always fuck it up. Fuck Star Wars. Fuck <laughs> movies. Well, fuck there's a Star Wars holiday special. Oh, yeah. Remember we that? We can talk about that at some point again. No, we're never talking about that. 
It's so fucking funny. Oh, did you see Gar- the Guardians holiday special? I did. I liked it. It's a little I mean, long, but I liked what a, it. What a fucking boring, wet fart of a movie. Aww. Well, you're you're burnt out right now, though. I'm so burnt, everything also, is worse than it seems. Like, no one looked like they... Everyone in the movie looked burnt out. I don't know. I thought uh, Mantis and Drax were really good. Uh, Dave Batista and um, what's her name? Whose name I forget regularly. I'm, I'm not helping you here. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but Chris Pratt definitely didn't look like he wanted to be there. Well, he doesn't look like he wants to be anywhere anymore, it's, except it's, for church. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Probably the next governor of California or some shit. Oh, don't. Please don't. Yeah, I'm sorry. But that's probably <laughs> what's going to happen. Then people are like, how can you criticize him? He was Star-Lord. And it's like, yeah, but what does he think about abortion? Go fuck yourself, you dumb fucking people. <laughs> yeah. the, the new Groot looked weird, I'll be honest. <laughs> oh, yeah, swole Groot. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, that was a one of those where, like, my family put it on. And I said, I liked it because I didn't want to upset my family, but... man i you know wow and then um i have yet to actually watch the guardians 3 trailer i'm gonna link you the imax trailer only because there it's actually shot like with imax cameras and i'm not saying it's like whoa some juice thing i think he does frame differently though and I'm willing to bet he fought for that wider aspect ratio, and they were like, no, all the Marvel stuff is just CinemaScope now. That's cool, but like, I'll just wait, because um, I am going to see Avatar soon. So It's not I'm in front just... of the movie. What the? F- who the fuck made that decision? Ant-Man is in front of the movie. Yeah, fucking moron. Didn't you see my fucking tweet where I was like, the fucking Ant-Man trailer is just fucking dire? I, th- I thought people were saying that both of them were in front of it, though. Uh, I did not get both. I got. I didn't even get Barbie though. People got Barbie. I didn't get fucking Barbie. Mm-hmm. These fucking. They're holding out on me and shit. <laughs> Sorry. That's, I, I like that trailer. <laughs> what does Nolan have though, where his movies, his trailers are always before the big IMAX release? Well, he's like the IMAX guy. He's the reason IMAX is like a household name now. I get basically. that. But like, is he? Did he make a deal somewhere? <laughs> like... I mean, he probably did. I mean, he he works hand in hand with the IMAX guys like since Dark Knight, basically. Okay. Like, hey, this is what I want to do. How can we do this easier? <laughs> it's funny because I don't think I've actually ever seen a Nolan movie in IMAX. Really? Oh man, yeah. Dunkirk was a fucking treat. <laughs> yeah, but I don't have, I don't get a lot of those around me. Like, oh right, right, I, I right, got, right. I got Limax, and then mm-hmm. like the seventy millimeter stuff is like a little further out. So yeah, I, I've never seen one of his on on seventy millimeter. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'll do that for Oppenheimer. Yeah, maybe Oppenheimer because people seem to be like losing their fucking shit over that movie already. Yeah, the the official trailer that they released is kind of lame. Um, the the one I got in front of IMAX makes it look like a fucking horror movie, and I'm like, yeah, that's probably the tone you should do for that. I actually like the one they did in front of Nope too. Um, the oh uh, yeah yeah I like that one. The countdown they just keep doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so with Robert Downey Jr. looking like he's giving a real performance again. That's who that was. That he he does the voice in that one like the man who moved the earth. That's oh him. Oh my god! I did not know, I did not know he was in it. I did, I'm not paying attention. Like, oh, like everyone in Hollywood's fucking. In the I know Hollywood. a lot of people. It's like fucking Josh wild. Peck in it. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Josh Peck, one of the Safties, like Jack Quaid. 
I read the Jack Wade's in I didn't know Jack Wade yeah, was in it. Yeah, Jack Wade's in it. Oh, you didn't see he was on because Jack Wade, um you said he went on Red Letter Media. Yeah, I did. You told me to avoid that until after Scream, so Oh yeah. Oh you can watch it now. Well I did I did watch it finally. Yeah. Okay. But like the whole gag in it was that like he's they're like, You're gonna go work with Christopher Nolan after this. And they keep trying to be like, I got a script I want you to show Christopher Nolan. <laughs> and it's like the worst script ever. Like that was the gag. Um, but hey, uh, Alex Wolf is in it. Um, wow. Oh no, Casey Affleck's in it. Oh. Oh, I guess everyone in Hollywood really is in it. Hmm. Um, but hey, Brano's back. Oh, is he? I didn't know that. Maybe Casey Affleck is guy accidentally killed by nuclear bomb. <laughs> oh, maybe. <laughs> um,. I read that book that uh, Nolan is adapting like a decade ago. <laughs> it was like it was a fucking Christmas gift. Oh Jesus! Yeah, that was uh, that was where my mind was at back then. <laughs> oh good. Like, um, what do you want is it is it back? like interesting or is it like we? Oppenheimer was a fascinating guy, but he was like really fucked up. Like yeah, it was it's one of those. It is one of those where I'm like, I can't believe this is the movie Universal's putting out. I know. And they're it's giving like, it, like, the fucking rollout. <laughs> yeah. And it's, like, really grim stuff. Like, Well, I think that's why I don't like the the, the newer trailer I saw that wasn't in IMAX. Because it was, like, it kind of makes it look like a lot of, like, uh, hard men making hard decisions type movie. Okay. And the, the other trailer I saw, I, that one feels more accurate to what an Oppenheimer movie should be. Which is grim, despair, horrifying event. Yeah. So maybe, you know, I don't know. Yeah. We'll see what, what Nolan does with it. Mm-hmm. Um, hey. Maybe Kenneth Branagh plays the same character as he did in Tenet. Yeah, whatever the fuck that guy's deal was. Uh, Bond villain number three. Yeah. Which is why he ruled. <laughs> All right, what, explain to me again, what is happening in the end of Tenet? Oh, um... Uh, it's, uh, the, the, the guys from the future are stopping our teams from inverting them in the past and present so they can destroy all of time. Why? Because, uh, Kenneth Branagh's character has enough money and resources to, to, to decide the fate of the universe, basically. And, uh, oh, and, and then John David Washington uh, is revealed to have recruited Robert Pattinson's character in the future. I remember that. I get who all goes that. back I, in time. I just have him. no idea in that one scene other than the building explodes backwards, and that's kind of cool. Oh, yeah, it's super cool. It's so cool they do that uh, a bunch of times, and I'm like, yeah, that that's so fucking cool. I'm sorry. I'm a simple man. <laughs> it says here that the antagonists are trying to escape the effects of climate change in the future. Yes, that is referenced at one point. So, like, are they just trying to escape it, or are they... They are, they... are trying to escape it. The villain of the film, no uh, Kenneth Branagh... All, all of reality. Yes, that's so, what he wants. why not? Um... Well, because if he can't have it, no one can. Are, is our protagonist trying to stop climate change? Yes. Are you sure? 
Not 100%. <laughs> I don't remember that really being a thing. No, he's trying to stop the people from stopping them from stopping climate change. Because it's a, temp it's a temporal <laughs> pincer movement. It's a classic temporal pincer movement. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. I have no idea what the fuck's going on in that movie. I like when the car drove backwards, though. Yeah, that was super cool. You know, it was like I, I think it's it's a ridiculous fucking movie, but I do love it. But the one part where I was generally, genuinely, like wowed, and this is really stupid and simple, is when the car blows up, but it becomes ice because <laughs> everything is is a polar opposite effect. So it's literally a polar opposite effect in that one sequence, mm -hmm. <laughs> and I don't know why, but I thought that was the coolest fucking thing I've ever seen. That's the last movie he ever makes with Warner Brothers. Yeah, that's interesting that that's what's happening there. Yeah. Gary uh... Oldman is Harry S. Truman in Oppenheimer. <laughs> Whoa. Did not know that. Unnamed guy is playing Enrico Fermi. <laughs> the architect of the nuclear age. Hmm. Um, the creator of the Fermi Paradox. Christopher Nolan should work with David Arbor. Fuck no, but... What? Why uh, not? I mean, I don't know. I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> right. He should be in Tenet, too. I'm just kind of like... I'm, there's just part of me that's like, what the fuck is he gonna do with the Oppenheimer thing? Oh, yeah, I have no idea. It's just like, I'm just... Like, what? Also, it is weird that Robert Downey Jr. is like, okay, this is the first real movie I'm gonna do in, like, forever. Mm-hmm. Like, well, he... you know why, right? Uh, why? Uh, apart from... He hasn't, like, vocally been anti-Marvel since he's done with them. Mm -hmm. But he has said that, like... It like, took up a lot of his time. It took up a lot of time, but he also... I think it was an interview for, like, GQ. People were being interviewed about Tom Holland for a Tom Holland profile. And Robert Downey Jr. was saying that, like, you know, when you're in it, it feels like this is everything. This is This is the life. Mm -hmm. But then you step outside and you realize there's so much more. Just make sure you, you get the opportunity to do that, too. And I was like, that's a very telling remark from the man who's been Iron Man since 2008. Mm. Um, and then he did Doolittle. Yeah. So he's probably like, let me take a step back here. <laughs> let, me, let me be an instrument for other people again. Which is what actors are, and that's, that's a good thing, in my yeah. opinion. It was know? weird where, like, he kind of had, he had a moment where it felt like he had a shit ton of power, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, Doolittle is what you do. Like, yeah, yeah, immediately just kind of fucked it up. Yeah, and like there was there was a couple stuff because like Iron Man, he got like a second win because he did. There's Iron Man and Tropic Thunder same year, right? Mm -hmm. And he gets the Academy Award nomination for Tropic Thunder, which is an insane thing to think about. <laughs> and then it's like he does yeah. the Soloist. Remember that? Oh yeah. And in there somewhere he does Due Date, the Todd Phillips movie. Mm -hmm. And then he, he he did Sherlock Holmes as well, so that was like his other franchise. And then he's just in Marvel Country for a while. He does The Judge, which he also produced. And it's like, that was it. Yeah. And... Well, that's why Iron Man 3 and Age of Ultron both end with him leaving. Mm -hmm. Is because you can kind of feel him try to feel out, like, 
let me start doing like real movies on the side and he just can't he can't hit the nail on the head with stuff like the judge which is a bad movie unfortunately bad movie. almost he was almost in inherent vice do you remember this? What? Yeah. No, I did not know that. He was like hanging with PTA. This is, all right, here's an insane thing that really happened. He was hanging with PTA. I don't remember if he was supposed to be the Joaquin Phoenix role in it. Um, I don't totally remember, but he was the, uh, yeah, he, Robert Downey Jr. was supposed to be the lead. Um, he had just dropped out of Oz the Great and Powerful, where he was going to be Oz. Which kind of feels like it was written for Downey Jr. in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, he was going to do that. That doesn't work out. But him and PTA are still talking. Downey Jr. at this time, he's doing Marvel. He's in the Disney thing. He wants to do Pinocchio. Do you remember this? I do remember that. He wanted to do Pinocchio. I think that the idea was he was going to play Geppetto, but then he was going to motion capture Pinocchio. I think was the idea, right? Mm-hmm. He's developing it forever, can't get it done. At some point, he talks the executives into meeting with Paul Thomas Anderson to possibly do Pinocchio. And Paul Thomas Anderson took the meeting, and, like, there was at least a minute where they thought they might do it. So, like, we almost got, like, a big-budget PTA Pinocchio movie. Goddamn. And then in the year 2020, we get two different Pinocchio movies... One about as lame as you could possibly do, and the other by Guillermo del Toro, which is about fascism. (laughs) (laughs) So, weird. There are like seven, there are like seven Downey Jr. projects like in that period where it's like, that sounds exactly like something Robert Downey Jr. should do, and then it just didn't happen. Yep. But... Hey, maybe now he'll do like it would be fun to see him kind of like do. It's weird. I you said that was his voice in the Oppenheimer. I'm surprised he wasn't front and center in it. It feels like he's a guy you'd want to put front and center because mm-hmm. he still kind of has that people want to see what he's up to energy. Yeah, not enough to go see Doolittle, but enough to pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think his like career will be like supporting role character actor for a little bit and i don't think that's a bad thing I mean, it's not he's, bad at all he's a fucking terrific actor you know like he he can do that um i, I think he's also working with shane black on on some amazon thing now mm-hmm. it'd be great for him to get back in the shane black thing yeah um because you know iron man 3 didn't exactly go as well as they wanted um like it it did but not like on the internet well, no, no. Iron Man three is the best Iron Man movie, but also it would have been a genuinely great movie had they been allowed to do what they wanted to do. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, you know they're what they're working together on next, right? No. Uh, it's a, a series of Parker film and television projects. Parker, I guess, is like some some like uh, pulpy crime novel thing. Okay. I don't. I I never read it. I don't know um, I that either. But he Shane Black. Ever the fucking soldier brings back the original title from Lethal Weapon 2, Play Dirty. All right. And that's going to be the name of the film. Right on. So he's fucking doing it. That's pretty cool. <laughs> he's been trying to make that movie for, like, years, basically. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's about Parker, a professional thief who approaches his job with a straightforward, no-nonsense work ethic. A craftsman, brutal, brilliant, deadly, does whatever it takes to get the money and get away clean. 
So they're they're keeping it like vague, so Shane Black can make a Shane Black movie. Don't I guess. Don't yourself too much, Shane Black. I know. <laughs> hey, he, what he does, no one's better at it than yeah. he is. Yeah. It was weird. I rewatched Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, and it is weird that like because of Robert Downey Jr.'s kind of like riffing nature, you know, mm-hmm. like a lot of the the vibe of Kiss Kiss Bang Bang got carried over into the MCU, and we've just been getting like twenty years of like worse versions of Kiss Kiss Bang Bang dialogue. <laughs> like, and it's kind of like it's unfortunately kind of I think affected Kiss Kiss Bang Bang negatively. In retrospect, I don't hold it against the movie, but I could see how. If you're coming to it now, it might not hold up as well. I can see that a little bit, yeah. Nice guys, though. Genuinely great. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a great Christmas movie, too. There you go. We, we're bringing it back home. To we're bringing it. Violent Night. Christmas movie. Uh, Matt, good job. We did it. We did it. Merry it's Christmas. Weird were, it's weird that there were two movies about the catalytic converter in like recent years. Are you are you referencing that because of the Christmas comparisons? No, no, or? no, because no, the nice guys and no sudden move. Oh yeah, both about catalytic converters. Yeah, that's right. Did did, did fucking uh, Steven Soderbergh just think he could get away with it? Because he's like, no one saw the nice guys. Oh, maybe. Um, you know, it's ooh. It's, David Harbor was in that too. Not nice yeah. guys, but uh, uh, no sudden move. And no, David Harbor but, would be a great Shane Black protagonist. He would actually, yeah. Um, are they gonna do another whatever the fuck uh, that char- Don Cheadle's character was? No sudden moves. Like that seems like a franchise. It does, but I, I think because the HBO Max. Oh yeah, and HBO stuff, I don't know right. anymore. Yeah. All right. Because that was not a theatrical release. That was an HBO Max release. Yeah. So. That was great in that. Brendan Fraser. Fuck yeah. He's so fucking good. So, Everyone's great in that movie. It is. That like, is one of those where, like, it's just a stacked cast. Mm-hmm. You get fucking Bill Duke just rolling up in the third act. Like, Yeah. God, that's like, a great movie. Yeah, it was really good. I really liked it. That was the one where I was like, because I'm always, like, I'm a little more lukewarm on fucking Soderbergh than most people. Mm-hmm. And that was the one where I was like, oh, fuck yeah, this was great. And that was the one that felt like people were kind of like, ah, I don't know, it doesn't really work. That's fucking wild to me. Yeah. That's a great movie. I don't know, man. I don't know what people. No, like, no offense. I don't know what everyone really sees in Soderbergh, but other than he's like incredibly competent as a filmmaker, but I think he's just an alien robot machine sent no, from we're the not, future no, no, to teach there, us how to make movies. There is no director like that. It's him. There, there is no director like that. He just works hard, but yeah, I'm looking at people who are kind of like, eh, I don't know. No, you know what it is? It's stylistically, it's 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 not like in your face how weird it is, mm-hmm. but it also is. Like he he went out of his way to find like those old vintage lenses, like yeah. not the same ones as the Batman, but enough to be like to kind of call out attention to like I'm doing something much more old fashioned. Yeah, and like I think people very, didn't like that. <laughs> he's a very he does a very but like I think all his movies he has a very like light touch stylism to him. You know? Yeah. I mean, like he, a, he is a big, like, like the Oceans movies, like, they're super fun, but they're also, like, stylistically, like, engaging. But I guess because, like, because they're, like, heist movies, you can kind of do more stylism stuff without people getting annoyed by it. Versus, like, other movies that try to be stylistic. And whether or not I like them, a lot of people don't really uh, respond to, to stylistic, like, antagonism very well. Yeah. But I, you know what, though? he I, I still think, like, Oceans... 
Yoshi's movies are definitely stylized, but they're not like they really aren't that big, you know? Like, no, 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 they're not. They're not. I would say that about most of his movies, which is what I kind of like. Mm-hmm. It's it's the scripts I'm not always a fan of, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those where like I like reading of people like where they go like, here's why, fucking High Flying Bird was amazing because it was shot on an iPhone or whatever. And it's like, yeah, that is really interesting. Uh, you know, the movie was all right. <laughs> yeah, I like that movie. That's the one where I'm like, I don't, I don't know why it was shot on an iPhone. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, if you if that's how you want to shoot it, you know. Yeah, yeah, sure. I just um, to me, it's like, all right, you got to match like the style and form with like the story context, mm-hmm. uh, and I don't, I don't feel that marriage with that yeah. film. That's all. Versus no sudden move, which has like these wildly distorted edges because there's the ang- the fucking camera lenses, the angles are so wide that that like our perception and views and understanding of the image literally are distorted, much like the perception and and views of the characters in the film are distorted. Huh? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. It's a good movie. It's a fine movie. Violent Night 2 should have wildly distorted lenses. <laughs> no, what wasn't good was the laundromat. N- no one saw that. It's fine. We just forget <laughs> that one happened. I'm not watching that. Uh, go with God, I guess. <laughs> also, I don't like traffic. I like traffic. Traffic's not very good. This is the last thing, and then we will stop, because we're talking way longer than the actual runtime of the movie that's in the title of this episode. But I always think it's funny that, like, when Soderbergh was being interviewed by someone, and they were like, oh, man, how did you do, like, traffic and then che? Like, what? Like, how did you even, like, organize something like traffic, like, because stylistically or whatever? And he was like, oh, yeah, that movie was super easy to, like, put together. And, like, really? He's like, oh, yeah, but shit was, like, a nightmare. Mm-hmm. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, oh, my God. You don't even... No, it was Oceans, I think he was talking about. Because he was like, you have to, like, for a heist movie, there's so many, like, pieces. Like, it has to operate like a, uh, like a Swiss watch, basically. Yeah. Everything has to fit together or the audience is going to destroy you. Yeah. Versus Trafficked, which is like, it's just a pretty sturdy script. But uh, I just kind of, you kind of highlight the color palette, like, through the characters. Like, that's easy. But Oceans was like a big budget, like, Hollywood movie. (laughs) And that's uh, scary. I think what you just said explains why I'm a little lukewarm on Soderbergh. Oh, okay. And and I'll just leave it at that. (laughs) All right, all right, all right. But, okay. Um, Violent Night. Violent Night. Steven Soderbergh's Violent Night 2. Yeah. He almost did Moneyball. I know. Didn't, like, Moneyball falling apart, like, led him to, like, his first retirement, basically? Yeah. Where he was like, you know what, though? Fucking, the Moneyball we got is better than what he would have done. I don't know about that, but it's a great movie. No, because Moneyball's, like, a masterpiece. Bennett Miller's super underrated. Uh, he is. I don't know if I'd call it a masterpiece, but it's a great masterpiece movie. Masterpiece of film. It made statistics fun. That's <laughs> possible. You know, I'm someone who's terrible at math. I, I, statistics are fine for me. Hey, what is Bennett Miller up to? I don't know. It's been like almost. It's been uh, seven years or something since Foxcatcher. That's fucking wild. Which is another great movie, but people were like confused by it because it wasn't like salacious. I guess I don't fucking I don't know. Um, but, um, you did Capote, remember Capote? I never saw Capote, but Capote. I like Moneyball a lot. Capote's great, and people kind of make fun of it now because it's like Philip Seymour Hoffman did a weird voice and won an Oscar, but it's like much more than that. Mm-hmm. So, 
Yeah, Bennett Miller, great director. Yeah, go watch Moneyball, everyone. Yeah. Not a Christmas movie at all. <laughs> no, no. This the, I'm gonna I'm gonna put in the title, Violent Night, and uh, other stuff we were interested in too. <laughs> yeah, just make like just do a picture of just everything we talked about. Oh God! So it's like Violent Night in the corner, <laughs> and then like everything else around yeah. it. We talked about everything, but not everything everywhere all at once. No. Good movie. A movie no one has any strong feelings about. No. Shout out Stephanie Sue, who won uh, the Variety Breakout Actress of the Year, I mm. think. Um, yeah, great performance. Great actress. Uh, weird that she's not getting the best supporting actor love this weird. year. Um, hey, you know what else is weird? We're supposed to like the main character of this movie, but they, they're... They're lying to the IRS. No, we're not going down this fucking road. Do that. No, no. Do that. I have strayed away from all discourse about this movie. You you can't have a protagonist do that. What? I love it. I'll say it's in my top five of the year. You don't want to pay. And that's all I. That's all I need. People are being incredibly strange about this film very weird about that movie on on that i hate to do this it is one of those people are being incredibly weird on both sides like completely it is one of those like it's the people are like they hate they're they're like finding an excuse to get mad at everything about it and then people who like it are like trying to kill anyone who dissents an opinion so yeah, it's like they saw this is this is the last thing that we really will end. They saw like He Hu Kwan's like a fucking incredible performance where he's like, and we have to be kind. And they're like, that's right, short round. I will kill anyone who stands in my way. <laughs> uh, yeah, he should also get nominated. You know, this this is, everything everyone at once is a lot like Steven Universe when you think about it. Oh, we're not. We're yeah, not even drudging that up. Another six hours. Nope. About this. Hey, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I have not seen that last season of the show yet. Um, it's good. I I bet. I just uh, I I caught up with the but, movie but and everything you, before I, it, and I've been kind of putting it off because I like it so much. I don't think you understand. Uh, if you think the redemption arcs in Steven Universe are okay, though, that means you support the Nazis. <laughs> People are real calm and chill about children's cartoons online. Oh, yeah. No, you know what, like, amplified all that, too? Is that we ended up all getting locked inside for, like, a Yeah, we year. got locked inside, and all we could do was watch the world fall apart. And then we had to find someone to blame. And some people chose children's cartoons. You know what? This is why Halloween ends is fucking brilliant. Because it's like, what happens when you don't have something immediately to direct your anger and frustrations towards... You take it out on each other. Yeah. That's a five-star movie. Matt, thank you for joining me today. Uh, we'll be back to talk about Avatar 2. I genuinely hope you'll like it, but we'll I, see. I hope I like it as well. <laughs> yeah. But I am keeping myself, like, just... I'm trying to keep myself, you know, level, because I don't want to go in hyped, because then, like, if it doesn't live up to that, I'm just going to come on the show and be a dick. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I'm, I want to like it. There's no part of me that doesn't want to like it. But it also, you were right. Like the hurdles I brought, the stuff I brought up about the first Avatar that I didn't like are some pretty big hurdles for me. Mm-hmm. Like, do you think it handled that better? I think I can defend it better. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> 
that is that is not a reassuring comment coming from you. Oh well, you feel like you can defend it better. Okay. <laughs> I I I feel like I'll give away too much of my take. Like oh oh no, it's gonna be positive. I get that, but like I I actually have like a kind of a silver bullet in my back pocket that I don't want to give away yet. You said that about the first one, though, and that didn't work either. I didn't say silver bullet. You were like, man, uh, you were texting me like, Diego was talking a big fucking game over text messages. I want you to know this, people. (laughs) I mean, like, I think I got it with Avatar. (laughs) Like, once I throw this take out there, and then I was like, Moose kind of racist, and then you had nothing. (laughs) (laughs) So, I don't know. I don't know what type of, I don't know what you think a silver bullet is. (laughs) Okay, maybe not silver bullet, but so- something to at least massage the criticism. There you a, go. Might have a funhouse mirror. <laughs> maybe. Like, maybe. Oh, hey, that does look kind of interesting. Well, anyway. All right, uh, Matt. Thanks for joining me. Where can the people find you? Um, I don't fucking know right now. Yeah, I'm, I'll keep all links down below uh, as to what they were. We will see how things go. Uh, it's great news for us that our primary audience comes from Twitter, and now Twitter's like, yeah, we probably won't let you guys share links anymore. So yeah. I'm like, all they, right. They said they were going to reverse it, but I don't know if they reversed it. And yeah, then... I, everything's just fucking up in the air until yeah. well, bus dies or something. Well, no, what's going to the site is something's going to happen to the site, and then Musk is going to be like, I tried to save it as he's like stabbing it to death. It's yeah. straight up the who killed Hannibal meme. Like, it's just Musk shoot. Every day, Musk unloads a full clip into Twitter. And then when it's finally dead, he's going to be like, who killed Twitter? But We're all trying to find the guy who did this and give him a spanking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's that. It's that meme. It's going to be, um, I'm not saying anyone in particular is responsible, but it's somehow the trans community. Like That's what he's going to say. That's what the move will be. <laughs> It's the woke disease or whatever the fuck he's been saying. The moment he takes a picture with J.K. Rowling. Yeah, he's learned the exact language to rip those fucking people off. So, he's grifting you. I'm just saying, he's grifting you. Yeah, we'll be back. Merry Christmas. This was this was a fuck Hollywood. No, this was a mess. But Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays and all that shit. I don't give. Uh, Happy Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. I'm sorry, I don't know all all the religious holidays around this time of year. But uh, yeah, be nice. Take care of each other. And Diego, we're gonna say Merry Christmas on the podcast again. I I, hey, I I started with that one. So I heard Happy Holidays and ignored everything else. They call it the holiday parade now, Diego. It's not the Christmas parade. What's happening to this country? Goodbye, Jonathan Demi. Goodbye, Jody. Merry Christmas, Jody Foster. What if he really is the There's real? No such thing as Santa. Yeah! He's Batman. They're all on my naughty list. Naughty. That's naughty. And what do you do to the naughty ones? I give them a lump of coal. Where is it? I gotta watch. I believe in you, Santa. (laughs) Nobody cry when the shark died. (laughs) Santa died.
Santa die, everybody cry. <laughs>